0: This is Great Disturbances, a Star Wars podcast. Each week, hosts Rich and Paul discuss Star Wars media, no matter what form it takes.
1: Hello again and welcome to the Great Disturbances podcast. I am Paul. And
0: I am Rich.
1: In this episode, we are concentrating on the comic book series of the famous Star Wars, now Legends novel, Heir to the Empire, the first yep. in the Thrawn trilogy yep. from the early 90s, I believe, right?
0: Yes, this uh, the book came out in 91. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And then this series, uh, I want to say they did this in like 95, a few years later, because I I, if I'm remembering correctly, they did it after The Last Command came out. I'd, I mean, I'd have to check that to be sure, but I, I, I'm almost 100% certain that it was later. Okay. So, yeah.
1: Yep. Okay, so anyway, so this, this episode is covering the comic adaptation of Heir to the Empire.
0: Not written by Timothy Zahn.
1: Not written by Timothy Zahn. I, I stayed true, and I only read the Heir to the Empire comics. Right. I didn't go on and read the other ones, but I think, according to the, like, the intro, uh, different artists did – each of the novels in the comics.
0: They did... Oh, oh, they did different... Uh, they used
1: well, a different they artist. S- yeah. I think is what they said in the intro. Well,
0: they switched artists, I, I think, from issue two to issue three.
1: Even inside this novel, they
0: did. I think so, yeah. Let did me. I not
1: uh, even... Did I not even realize that? What is wrong with me? Uh, <laughs> my God.
0: Yeah, I think... Let's see here. The first was Oliver Vateen and Fred Blanchard were pencils and inks up until issue two and then uh we're we are reading this on comicsology too, so it's
1: oh yeah yeah, yeah, that's right
0: yeah L- like they, kudos
1: they, to comicsology because we're using the borrowing feature, right? Yeah, yep yeah, which is which is great.
0: I might have to keep going with comicsology because they're gonna I mean they're offering they they have so many Star Wars books economics comics. Dude, it's nuts. To offer for. I mean, that's, I mean, we may have to just do that. I may have to just keep going with that. It's six bucks a month. It's not going to, like, break me. Yeah. Although, <laughs> you know, nowadays, maybe. <laughs>
1: oh, God, who knows? Yeah, for any, yeah. For, for any future podcast archaeologists, this podcast is being recorded at the height of the coronavirus yeah. uh, pandemic scare, economic meltdown, whatever you want to fucking call it. So we are, like, I'm recording this in my basement, which is not different than before, except that other times that we've recorded our podcast, I haven't been confined solely to my house for the two weeks leading up to the recording of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so um, if I sound a little insane, that is probably why.
0: More than normal, you mean?
1: More than normally.
0: Right, yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. This was the same. It was the same pencils and inks, this Oliver Vatine and Fred Blanchard. And then next, the Dark Force Rising has Terry Dodson drawing it. And Terry Dodson, he's very famous in the comics industry. So is Mike Barron, for that matter. But uh, Terry Dodson is, um, he pencils a lot of things. So that's interesting. Okay, anyway, so I was wrong. So I,
1: yeah. I
0: thought there was a pencil and ink shift, but there was not. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Sorry. Rich, the shift was in you the whole time.
0: That's true. That's probably true. So I got a question right off the bat here. Yeah, is, right. This takes place after Return of the Jedi, right? Yep. Five years. Um, Five years after Return of the Jedi, which means Luke's lightsaber should be green. What the fuck dude, Dark Horse Tom?
1: Dude, dude, here, I am colorblind, and I thought that too. <laughs> I, I was like, he he fires it up the first time, and I'm like, uh-uh, that's not blue. Because it, it, it is clearly the same lightsaber. Right. Like, you look at it, and you're like, that's his Return of the Jedi lightsaber that he built, yeah, that Vader admires, exactly he's like, yeah. your skills are complete, or whatever. Right. Right? But right. it's not, nah, uh, it's not blue. It's green, bro. <laughs> I know this.
0: And so, they don't explain it, so maybe it's, it's obviously just maybe a coloring mistake, and nobody, how did nobody catch that?
1: This is, this is insanity. I, like, I nearly, I, I, I had to get a new laptop, because I threw my laptop out the window. <laughs> <laughs> No, I didn't, but, but you're right. It's, it's like, I noticed it right away. As soon as it turned on, I was like, nope, that's wrong. This isn't
0: real. Well, because it's legends. Maybe that's why, maybe that's why
1: Uh, now it's
0: legends, right?
1: That's right. It is legends, but it became legends in like, like five years ago. Right. Or whenever, when Disney did their thing. So for, for like 25 years, it was Canon and then became legends. But like I said before in some one of our other episodes, like I don't give a flying fuck about legends versus canon. It's it's all fiction. Right. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Like, talk about the whatever, right? That's my that's my cranky old man take on Legends versus Canon. <laughs> well, I mean but I get it though, I get it from if you're Disney, I get why you want to make certain things canon because oh, because absolutely. as a business you you're going to keep making films right. and you want the films to have an internal consistency so you right. need to sort of decide what wells am I going to draw from to yes. make things internally consistent so I get it it's just
0: dumb <laughs> well well and we've talked about this before how they've pulled in other other characters from this quote unquote legends uh, yeah uh, universe now like Thrawn. right yep yep I wonder. As I was reading this, I was remembering... Because I have not read the novel in a long time. And honestly, I don't think I've ever read these comics. I thought I had, but I have not read these comics. Okay, okay. But I remember how much... Just even reading the comics, I remember how much I loved the character of Mara Jade. Yes. And the idea that Luke would marry her and have a kid with her and all that shit. Obviously, that's out the fucking window now. Unless they put it you know, in between when he's deserts the
1: like somehow uh, it's water. somehow it's part of the Jedi temple stuff before it gets burned down by Ben. Solo,
0: right. Or whatever, but maybe, yeah. Uh, but I, I could see them bringing her in and maybe altering it a little bit and, you know, throwing her into, you know, the mix later or something. Uh, I don't know. It's possible. I think I, I just, I love the idea of the character.
1: You know, you bring up a good point though, about, about this, these books, especially, because I read I read probably 8 10 12 something like that of the legends novels mm-hmm. but this was this was the first legends novel that I ever read oh yeah this is this in fact sure. this was probably one of the first things outside of the films that I ever consumed of Star Wars and I this was probably about 2002 or so oh wow that, really that I encountered this novel yeah oh holy shit okay cuz I had kind of I had I, kind of, get... a, I, had, I had kind of a gap in my Star Wars fandom right. you know but then early, early 2000s, I started to pick it back up again. And this is one of the first things that was recommended to me by somebody who helped me sort of bring me back into the fold, so to speak. And so what I remember of this, and it comes out in the comics, too, here, is it really humanized in the Empire for me. Yes. In the sense that, like, if you were to watch the movies, you would think the Empire is full of fucking idiots <laughs> because they, they can't seem to do things right. You right. know, And yeah. they're just like this sort of this mindless, like, let's go clomp around in boots and shoot at things. Right. But like between Thrawn and Pelion and the other guys like executing their tactics and, and sort of planning for battles and creating strategies and stuff like that, that's that's a different thing. Even like even the First Order seems like not competent Mm-mm. in the sequel trilogy. Yeah. You know, but in, in these books and other bits of the of the legends stuff in the novels anyway the empire or the remnants of the empire or whatever are made to be actually competent and a real threat versus the bumbling like if they didn't if the empire in the movies if the empire did not have overwhelming like overwhelming force they would have stood no chance against the rebellion right because they're not portrayed as like cunning tacticians right you know but, but in these books, they, they're that way. And also, just like they have personalities. The Empire, I mean, it's probably a filmmaking choice to give mm-hmm. Empire people no personalities. Right. Or essentially no personalities, except for Tarkin or whatever. Sure. But the people have personalities. Pers- uh, Thrawn, Pelion are both, like I said, great, great characters just themselves. Mm-hmm. These, these books and these comics do a great job of that. Kudos to Timothy Zahn, and kudos yeah. to these writers for for making that real
0: yeah definitely so i think anytime somebody brings that up the fact that they're just kind of like like shell characters like this just this embodiment of evil versus like the you know the characters that we know and love the the good guys you know most of the time obviously there's people that think vader's great and all that but i always think of that uh there's it's a sketch a british sketch comedy bit where there are these guys and they're portraying Nazis and one of them, um, uh, are are we we baddies? baddies? Yeah. Yeah. Are we the baddies? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we've got skulls on our hats. And the other guy is just kind of like, so what, you know what? I mean, uh, whatever, whatever, you know, that, that, the whatever guy is the, is the uh, is is the empire right? I mean, that's yeah. the empire. Those are the guys. Yeah. They're just they're just like, well, why are we killing all these Jawas? Who fucking cares, man? Kill yes. them. They told us to kill them. Kill the Jawas. Just follow orders, know. sir. So I always think of the I always think of the Hans are we the baddies guy? <laughs> uh, because you know, I mean, we've got a floating station of death that goes <laughs> around blowing up planets. I hmm, are we the bad guys or? <laughs> Because I mean, what did they do <laughs> yeah. on that planet that was so wrong that we had to blow up the whole thing? I mean, that's yeah. uh, that's a lot of people. That's,
1: that's that's like children and chipmunks and stuff like that. That's <laughs> that's that's pretty bad. Chipmunks. <laughs> chipmunks and children.
0: <laughs> so I don't know. I I always think of that. Well, they're they're kind of caricatures, I guess is what I'm getting at. And you're right. The these books and I think this is why people cling to the extended universe as it's called. Now the EU is what they call it so much. They cling to it so much because those characters are so well developed versus what we had seen in the past. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's why, I think that's why people cling to it. And I think that's why we, I guess, are kind of attracted to it because it, it, it gives you a side that we're just not used to seeing, you know?
1: So, so so since these are comics, Mm -hmm. um, at least what we chose to do. I have right. a nitpick here. Sure. Or a, or, a, or a like, I don't know. So in these comics, like in most comics, in basically all comics, when when characters are speaking a language that is foreign but still understandable and you are still supposed to understand it. Yep. They put the little angle brackets around it and then they give you a little asterisk and it says like translated from the Russian or whatever, right? Right. Chewy doesn't get that.
0: Chewie doesn't get that.
1: Chewie Chewy literally, I wrote this down because Chewie literally says gronk. Yeah. Even though Chewie is not growling, Chewie Chewy is saying words. They, they overused a thing from the films that I don't think we had to do here, which is to say like Han Solo is really Chewie's voice.
0: Right? right.
1: Right. Han Solo always sort of repeats or he says something that tells you what Chewie said. Sure. You know, but in a comic book, you wouldn't have to do that in a comic book. Chewie can go, "You suck, Han Solo. I think you're a dick," and it should just <laughs> say that, right? And it should say translated from in the Wookie brackets, speak. yeah, right? yeah. In- from Luki. I, I just, I that's this is a nitpick. This is a this is a or not even a nitpick. It's a it's a it's a bugaboo. It's a I don't know. <laughs> I, I I I wish they had done that for Chewie because Chewie the character Chew, Chewbacca gets this weird animal treatment you know even though he's clearly a sentient being (laughs) yeah even even like of course we talked about this before right he doesn't get a medal at the end of a new hope yeah he gets fucked over it's fucked over even though he's just as smart as any human he just has more fur and refuses to speak you know english or whatever right but he says he flies planes he can do anything. He fixes the fucking things too. Like yeah. he is an intelligent creature <laughs> but gets treated like a, a walking carpet, you know. Right. He's a pet. He's like yeah. a pet. It's treated yeah. like a pet, but he's not. No. So I'm uh, chewy Chewy bro, I'm standing up for you. That's all. That's my that was my <laughs> one little point. Is that comic book wise, we should yeah. have gone the Chewy says things.
0: Chewy says. Yeah. You know, here's the thing. I agree with you 100%. They also do this, though, with Luke and R2. Like, right. R2 doesn't. Necessarily... R2 gets beeps. Yeah. R2 gets beeps, and then Luke parrots back to him what he just said. Yeah. <laughs> hey, R2, are you okay? Bleep, bleep, bleep. Oh, you have a restraining bolt on. Okay. Cool. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like, it works in film, you know, because.
1: Weird. And it's weird, too, because in the films, Jabba the Hutt gets subtitles. Right. But Chewie doesn't get subtitles. R2 doesn't get subtitles. So clearly, Jabba is somehow more worthy or more of a person than Chewie or R2. Sure. What, what about
0: the. I think at the beginning of Return of the Jedi, when, when the droids are going to see Jabba, the little droid that pops out to greet them at the palace gate doesn't have subtitles either. So is this a classist thing,
1: dude? We just uncovered something here, right? <laughs> it's Whole- it's always about the fucking rich versus the not rich. <laughs> God damn it.
0: And Jabba is definitely the one percent.
1: Jabba is an evil blob who feeds people to a monster yeah. all the time, but he gets subtitles. Yeah. He he has a pleasure skiff. You cannot have a pleasure skiff and be a good guy.
0: Right. Right. No,
1: yes. No good guy has a pleasure skiff.
0: Right. He's right.
1: He's clearly evil, but because <laughs> he has money and power, he gets subtitles. Fuck you, Jabba the Hutt. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm staking out a staking out a risky position here. i saying fuck you yeah, to fuck a fictional gangster who's already dead. Right. A long long time ago in a galaxy far far away. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs>
0: By the time he hears this... Oh, wait, no, that's... <laughs> no, I agree with you about the whole chewy thing. Now, it, is it weird that there's also a Wookiee that talks?
1: There's several Wookiee, like... The, like, the, the like other, English! The, the other Wookiees talk English. What the fuck is up with that? Nah. <laughs> and they make a mention of some kind of speech impediment or whatever, but, like, <laughs> that's... Come on, no.
0: If there's one good thing that came out of abandoning the Legends timeline, it's that Chewie doesn't have a speech impediment he's just speaks a different language and needs subtitles but they won't give it to him yeah right that's yeah i thought that was a little odd that there were uh, there were wookies and i'm like god i don't remember this part from the book i'm gonna have to go back and reread it because i know honest, I will have god, to I don't too. remember that but uh yeah i busted out the actual hardcover copy that i've got sitting over here just so i could take a look at it and like kind of read the first chapter again but i was like okay i'm not going to read the whole thing because i don't want to spoil the comics you know right 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 right. um but i wanted to i wanted to remind myself that when i was reading it it opens much the way a star wars film opens a description of a starscape and like a pan down almost to oh yeah you know what i mean like yep and so and and we didn't get that with the comic so much but i mean it's kind of hard to do i guess in a in a static comic book panel versus yeah Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So a couple things I noticed about this. Yeah. There are things here that that obviously directly contradict uh, stuff that we learned even later, not even just Disney era Star Wars, but just prequel era Star Wars. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, For example, Luke offers to build Leia a lightsaber. And what we learn later when we learn a little bit more about the Jedi from, you know, the the maker himself is that the Jedi build their own sabers. Yeah. Right. Because that's part of it. That's part of becoming a Jedi. Yeah. So I wonder why, because as I remember it, these novels are all sanctioned by and approved by Lucas and his writing team and, and, and the people at Lucasfilm. Right. Yeah. So why would they let that in? Why would they so, let that
1: in? My question around that, but but it's really around the whole thing is like, what was their process for blessing or not blessing things? Because it <laughs> seemed like it was the fucking wild west out there for a while.
0: Yeah, it kind of did. Did you it? know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah.
1: So yeah. It, I I think it was probably somebody would hand like an exact Lucasfilm a spreadsheet that says you can make this much profit if we publish this thing and they would be like canonize it you know what <laughs> i mean like honestly the the sloppiness of the prequel stuff mm-hmm. made me think is george lucas just not in this like why is he doing this it made me kind of question the canonization stuff because it was i thought the prequels were so awful that clearly somebody who didn't care was doing things
0: Oh, you didn't like the prequels?
1: <laughs> no, I didn't like the prequels at all.
0: Wow, okay. All right, so none of them, any of them, not even not even Revenge of the Sith?
1: Well, Revenge of the Sith had a couple Are... of things that I did like, but sure. but as films, I hated them all.
0: Wow, okay. Uh, yeah. we're going to have to come back to this. Okay.
1: I, I didn't I didn't I didn't think I was like standing on shaky ground.
0: No, no, no. No, I I, I don't want you to take it as hey, you're you're
1: you garbage you're... and you're a garbage
0: person. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're you're standing on an island all by yourself. I, I don't mean that. I mean that I guess I was working under the assumption that you liked the prequel films. So my assumption was incorrect. And I, I don't know where I got that. Mm. But, yeah, I don't want you to think that I'm like, wow, you're dumb because you don't like the prequels. Because <laughs> there's a lot to dislike about the prequels. But, yeah. But – uh, again i was just i was just i guess operating under the mistaken assumption that you were a fan of them yeah now i know where we stand <laughs> yeah.
1: now now i know now now episode 5 can be what the fuck is wrong with paul <laughs> <laughs>
0: no no i what i would love to do is i would love to at some point because there are things about the prequels that i absolutely love there's no prequel film that i absolutely love but there are things within them that i thought fuck that was a great idea we need that you know
1: i'm there i have that yeah i could go on i could go on right now on a rant about i could i could go pluck the things that i love Mm
0: -hmm.
1: from the prequels right uh, and it would be a pretty short (laughs) <laughs> rant, <laughs> right? <laughs>
0: sure, yeah, yeah, I'm with yeah. you. I'm but but right there there, there
1: are things, but there are things there
0: mm-hmm.
1: that I that I for sure love. Part of me has has an itchy trigger finger to do that right now, but I know that's not our that's not the, the subject of this one. Yeah, no, we should, no. Since we touched that though, maybe we should do that soon. Yeah. Note to selves. Yes. Come back to this thing, right? Because well, and let's let's just go meta for a second. Rich, this podcast is about us and our <laughs> and our wants and desires, right? So so if we, but so, right, so seriously though, if we come across right. a thing that's worthy of discussion, let's yeah. just jump to that, right?
0: Are you saying you want to just jump to the prequels right now?
1: No, no, no. I mean I mean like next episode or whatever.
0: Oh, no, ne- okay, oh, okay, I got you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we don't have to follow any kind of timeline yeah. here.
1: No script I mean, because yeah. because we always said, again, going meta here, we always said that we just would follow ourselves to wherever it takes us, right? Right. So let's let's start let's queue up prequel stuff for soon.
0: I'm in, I'm into that. I yeah. we're letting the force be our guide.
1: But, exactly.
0: Yes. exactly. Absolutely.
1: By the way, Luke does in, in these comics and in this in this story is like at the at the battle where they're dogfighting all the Imperials. Yes. Luke kind of trances out, and he's like, "Whoa, what happened?" You know what I mean? Yes. Like,
0: he like he got, lost like a half an hour or something, yeah. or yeah.
1: he just right. sort of lets go and uses the Force to a right. degree that like it almost was like that sequence mm-hmm. of Luke doing that was a description of Force usage that I hadn't thought about or not not that i thought about but that that i hadn't encountered anything like that where i always i always thought of it so like when the when the force user is let's say they're let's say they're deflecting blaster bolts with their lightsaber
0: sure
1: my what was always in my head that the experience the jedi was having was that he his his arms would sort of twitch and take the saber to where it was supposed to be before before he kind of realized it you know what i mean? Oh sure. Like uh But not that he was completely not conscious of what was happening. Almost precognitive. Just precognitive, but sure. just in the sense that he can still think like regular cognitive thoughts, but part of what he's doing is letting the force guide his lightsaber to block the blaster bolts, right? Mm. Sure. That was how yep. I always thought like a, a guy sort of letting the force take control would be. Or Anakin in one of the garbage prequels. <laughs> 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 When he, when he races the the pod racers, like, oh, God. he talks about stuff. Yeah. Right? He's still, like, looking around and experiencing the world. He just also has heightened force-aware reflexes that let him pilot the thing. right Versus this, where Luke completely lets go. He's, like, he is not conscious during the entire dogfight. Which do you like better? Like, well, let's see. I don't know about like, but prefer no actually that's what that means yeah okay um sometimes well put a put, put a pin in that for a second um okay yeah sorry. I, th- I think I prefer I, I kind of prefer what I had in my head before okay versus let go and let the force mm-hmm. like utterly let go and like be unconscious you know what I mean right like I I like sort of riding the balance between the force guiding my lightsaber to block the, the the precog block of the blaster. Right. But I'm still like thinking about the battle I'm in. Right. I'm still thinking about the objectives I need to, to do. I mm-hmm. think I prefer that to, I am just, uh, I, I'm basically asleep or in a trance and blasting stormtroopers out of the sky mm-hmm. in, in an X-Wing that I don't even know that I did it. Right. You know,
0: let's see, that's the thing. I, I actually wrote that down or I, type that out that that uh that to me the force has never been what controls you right because it's even said right off the bat in star wars right where where he says so the he says it's gonna it's it it controls you and 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 obi-wan says well partially but it also obeys your command so to me it has always been a merging of the conscious and the unconscious.
1: Right. Like, it's so, right? yeah, that's kind of, yeah, like the force is tugging you, right. maybe, to shoot the photon torpedoes now, or the proton torpedoes, mm-hmm. or to move the light were to block the bolt. But you right. can always sort of intervene and be like, no, I don't want to do that. Right. 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 That was what, yeah, so that was what I always thought. Okay. Yeah.
0: I, I'm with you on that. I honestly don't think of the force as being what's in control because that to me, that to me sounds like a deity. Yeah. And that's yeah. not what the force is to me. The Force is, is more, I think we've talked about this. The force yeah. is more of a, well, like we were always taught an energy field that could create about all living things and blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I like my favorite description of the force actually is in the last Jedi where, uh, where Luke puts Ray's hand on the rock and says, tell me what you feel. And she talks about, you know, life and death and darkness and light and balance. And between everything is, is, is the force, right? That to me is like the, I think that's the most apt description. Yeah. Of it, right. Yeah. So I don't see it as controlling, but something that is to be utilized and given back to. Yeah, in kind yeah. of a hippy dippy kind of a way, sure. Yeah. but you know. But so anyway. Okay.
1: Yeah. Good. So because I didn't, I never, I didn't even write that down, but I remember having the thought in my head of like, that's weird. I didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway.
0: Yeah. Well, and then going off of that, just sticking with the force for a bit here, because this this was kind of what stuck in my craw for this, the idea of the silamiri. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that if life creates the force. How can these creatures essentially resist the force or push back against the force, right? Mm-hmm. and still be alive?
1: Yeah. So do you want to dive into that? because, yeah. because I wrote down some stuff too. Yeah. Uh, so here, so here's, here is verbatim from my notes, two things. First, I wrote down, how did these creatures evolve to push the force away? Right. And then I, and then I wrote, what is the force? this just further underscores that every author has a different conception of Mm. what the force is. Yeah. But, but then, (laughs) but then I also went to Wikipedia (laughs) (laughs) and I I went to the entry on, on the Islamary creatures. And here's what that says, because they make appearances in other things too, besides the the Zon books. And it says they did not actually negate the force. Since all existence was infused with force energy, this would not be possible. Rather, they projected a bubble inside which users were unable to exert any influence over the force, is what Wikipedia says. Now, presumably that's taken from some material in somewhere about how they do what they do. Sure. Yeah. What, it, they, what they do. Yeah,
0: I would think so, because isn't Wikipedia kind of mined from existing sources? Like the
1: materials, yeah. Okay. And so... Huh. Maybe the books discuss this, because I, as soon as I read it, I had a memory of it. Because those like wolf guys that, that Luke and Mara of Jade fight yeah. on the way to that town, Yep. the Vornskers, they yeah. they use the Force to hunt. Right. And so apparently this bubble where people can't exert an influence on the Force is an evolutionary response to creatures who use the Force to hunt. Apparently. In this.
0: Interesting. 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 Now, okay.
1: now before, before I read this, I did sit and think for a little bit, like, if I had to accept that and sort of take it into what my sort of thoughts on the Force were before, or my preferred Force uh, ramblings, maybe I guess mm-hmm. you could call it, <laughs> is that I, w- I would almost wonder if maybe it's, like, I kind of thought of these guys as, like, little Force black holes, which is right. to say that, like, so black holes... In our universe, <laughs> black holes exist, and black holes don't break any of the laws of physics. Now, they're weird, and like light can't escape them, but it's just because of of certain properties of space time that that happens. Not because that they're not because they're magic, right? So I thought to myself, okay, well, what if these what if these guys? What if it's not that they're pushing the force away? What if it's that they're so strong with the force? that they literally sort of draw the force, like, because what's his name? the Joris Cabalth. He tries yep. to use the force on Thrawn, and what's his name, when they come to his place. And he's like, what, what is this? So what if it wasn't so much that, the, that these creatures were pushing the force away, but, like, they're just, that was the equivalent of shining a flashlight at a black hole, mm-hmm. which is to say, the light, there's still light and there's still gravity, but the light can't escape. In other words, right. you can't you can't get any feedback from the force because around the little creatures, they they draw in the force so much that there's it's like turning the volume way up on a speaker where you can no longer talk. So like Joris or or Luke or Mara can't feel the force because the volume is cranked so high that they can't mm. shout to each other. Or to other things because the Salamiri are shouting so loud. In a sense. At least that that was and I'm not saying that that's my theory. I said right. that was what I thought maybe could be an explanation. If I had to write an explanation for it. Okay, sure. Maybe I would write that as my explanation for it, right? Sure. But then I but then I googled what I Googled what Wikipedia has to say about it and it right. says that.
0: He <laughs> says, fuck you, Paul, you're wrong. It's, 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 it's wrong, but at least but th-
1: anyway, I'm taking you on a guide through how would I jive these creatures with the explanation that I gave of my thinking on the Force right. an episode or two ago on on this podcast. Right. But I'm just, I'm just t- taking you
0: through that. No, no, that's good because sometimes when I'm, when I'm reading something like this, I note something that seems a little weird to me, but I don't really have I don't have enough of a framework to
1: try to fit it, to,
0: to try. It. Yeah, 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 exactly. So to be able to kind of hear how you, you, you know, you frame it and you think of it helps inform my thoughts right. on it a bit. Yeah. You know, it's kind of a sounding word, yeah. right? So I think just in general, I think, and I'm trying to remember when I was reading this book originally back in the summer of 91 or late summer of 91 or whatever. And, and I remember thinking, that's weird. <laughs> like right yeah. off the bat with the with the yeah. Silamiri. But like you said, it doesn't matter because this now it's no longer canon, but I don't even know that this was canon even back then for exactly the same reason as you were saying, that it was probably some executive Lucas film that said, Oh, we're we're gonna make money here? Perfect, rock and roll, let's do it. Canonize it. it. <laughs> canonize it, yeah, canonize it, right? <laughs> And, and Lucas it, I and I, I swear I've read an, an interview with him or saw him in an interview uh, somewhere where he said yeah I mean I kind of just let them do what they were gonna do but that's that's not I mean we're not gonna stick with what they're saying you know when it yeah. came down to it um, which is of course how we got
1: <laughs> yeah
0: how we got fucking midichlorians, but whatever <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> yeah but so it's yeah
1: that's that's yeah exactly so that the him saying that fits my theory that he didn't yeah. give a shit anyway
0: right yeah i'd have to i'm gonna have to look that up and see because i could i swear to god he'd said something like that and at the time if i remember correctly it pissed off all the fans of the <laughs> extended universe right uh, God. People think that yeah. people think that Disney's the first uh, company to ever piss off fans, but they're not. People have been pissed <laughs> off at George Lucas for a long fucking time. <laughs> I mean, a long uh, fucking time. Oh fuck, I had a question, but I can't remember what the hell it was now.
1: No, that's okay. I have a question for you. Go, yeah. Um Maybe I'll where does this rank in your legends book? Or in your Legends scale, is this is this great Legends material? Is this terrible Legends material? Is mm. this okay? You know, where where does this where does this rank for you?
0: Are we talking specifically about the comic
1: adaptation, well, or the about com- do do that first and then do the books? Okay. Or this book,
0: I should say. Um, this one I would say is kind of fair to middling, but you have to remember that now this is the first time I've ever read this series this comic series and now i'm probably a good 20 years 25 years removed from having read the original novels upon which they're based right um but at the time it was a completely different experience experience for me to read those novels i would say reading this now it's kind of mid-range for me Mm -hmm. um and this is not anything against Mike Barron. This is not anything against the artists or anything like that, because they're working with what they were given, which is from Timothy Zahn. Um, and I don't have any ill will towards them, Timothy Zahn either, but I've just seen what others can do with this material, and there's more that you can do than what they've done here. I will say this, that I stand behind the idea that this as a sequel trilogy is superior to the sequel trilogy that we've got.
1: Yeah. I'll take that any day of the week. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You see La Mary and everything. And Chewbacca not having subtitles too. Yeah. <laughs> and, and again, that's not to say that there are, n- there's nothing good about the sequel trilogy. There are good things about the sequel trilogy, mm-hmm. much, much like the prequels. I hold them in the same regard as the prequels. But if I get in my way back machine and I think back to summer of 1991, reading the first book for the first time, this would rank really, really high on yeah. anything that I had read previously, because what I'd had read what I had read previously were Splinter of the Mind's Eye, uh, one of the Star Wars or the So Han Solo adventures, which I did not like, and then Marvel's uh, original run of Star Wars Comics, which at the time, I was reading because they were Star Wars, but uh, I didn't enjoy them as much as i could have i mean they're 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 a product of their time i mean it was 1980s late 1970s and in early to mid 1980s marvel comic adaptations which are, are notoriously tricky to begin with and so what i had been reading previously was at such a low level that this this seemed like amazing. And we hadn't had yeah. anything new from Star Wars in years. I mean, we'd had yeah. like Ewok, Ewok's Caravan of Courage, which, what the fuck was that, right? <laughs> um, and, and Battle for Endor or something, I think, was the other one. I don't know. There were two Ewok uh, TV movies and then a, and then a droids cartoon and the Star Wars comics, the Marvel comics. So this was pretty high on the list. But reading it again, reading the story itself again, probably middling So Hmm. how about how about you?
1: So when I first read these books, Mm -hmm. A, they were the first non-film Star Wars stuff I had seen, I think. Mm -hmm. When I first read them, I had seen all five of the available Star Wars movies at the time. In other words, I had seen New Hope, Empire, Jedi, Phantom Menace, and Attack of the Clones. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think... Revenge of the Sith had been released yet when I first read that, it.
0: That would have been 2005 was Revenge of the Sith.
1: Yeah. And I think, it was, I, think I read it around 2002-2003 time frame. And I, th- I thought I'm going to the books now. I'll come back to the comics in a sec. But the books the books were so good. Right. That's what I thought then. And then I read a few more. Kevin J. Anderson did like a Jedi Academy
0: oh, set yeah. of books.
1: And then, oh, and then Tim and Nizan did, of course, another couple of uh, Hand of Thrawn books. And then uh, there yes. were a couple others I read. And but but even then, Air the Empire, Last Command, and the the other one, this original Thrawn trilogy, mm-hmm. was still the best of what I had read. Books always, okay. Okay. I think. Fast forward to now, yeah, I, I think time does a little bit of, a little bit of damage to them. Not right. much. I still no. think they are quite good, quite good. Sure. But then of course there's been a few experiences like a couple of the games have been. S- have been great for me. Oh
0: fuck yes, yeah.
1: Knights of the Old Republic. Mm-hmm. The the latest Jedi game, um, Jedi. Uh, Fallen Order. Fallen Order, yes. Fallen fuck. Order was oh, so, good. so good,
0: that game was so good. And so like a
1: couple of those things kind of creep up and do really good things. Mm-hmm. But to, for me, the first Zan trilogy is still right up there. It's top tier stuff. Okay, sure. It's maybe not the best, but top tier for sure for me. Okay. Now this I, I comic, get, I that. But... This this comic was not so much for me. Like okay. I, I enjoyed it, but I did not enjoy it as much as the books.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And there was a couple of things like the pace of these comics and the the cuts and the jumping
0: mm-hmm.
1: yes. was oh, very novel like yeah. yes. versus comic like. It was yes. very much. It was like they were like we're still we're still gonna go in order of the vignettes. Mm -hmm. in the book Mm
0: -hmm.
1: when we do this comic. And so it was a little more jump-cutty than comics are, I think. Right. And so it took me a little time to adjust to that. Yeah. As I read this, did you get the same sense of that?
0: I did, actually. And I I think what it is is that they wanted to stay as true to these beloved novels as possible. The problem with that, of course, is that adapting a novel to... The screen is a whole different yeah. scenario. Adapting yeah. a novel to comics is much the same, a whole different yeah. scenario. You know, you've got, yeah. you've got other considerations. There's a visual medium versus a prose medium where, you know, the, the, the story is happening inside someone's head in a novel. In comics and film, it's, you know, visual and you can show them what you want them to see. Sorry, what were we gonna say?
1: No, I I, I'm putting a pin in it. Keep going. No, yeah, that's all I had to say. No, that was it. Okay, because one thing I did want to say is that in this sort of weird way, the part where Luke breaks out of the Talon Cards holding cell by using his his arms uh, mechanics. Yes. Yeah. For whatever reason, it's like that for just for that stuff. The inker and the penciler Mm -hmm. were literally living in my head because (laughs) somehow that visually appeared almost the same as my mind's eye
0: okay. as i
1: remember what i as i remember what i imagined when i read the novels sure that the penciler and the anchor somehow captured that very very well for me oh that's it fantastic was like, okay it was, it was it was actually kind of strange i was like oh my god this is i remember i remember my brain having this very similar imagery as what I'm seeing on the page. <laughs>
0: That's so it was, pretty it actually cool. Actually. Was,
1: it was really cool. It um, is, yeah. But it still doesn't make the comics like the best in the world, obviously. I, the, right. They're okay. They, for me, these comics were kind of middling comics. Mm. But of course, their source material is so great that that kind of keeps them alive
0: for me. Mm. Okay.
1: So sure. what? I, so sometime whether whether we proceed to the the next novel or whether we jump around a little bit, mm-hmm. when we get to the next novels. Comic adaptations, I will be very much paying attention to. Are these same pace things an issue?
0: I think what you're gonna find with like if we get to if we get to Dark Force Rising and Terry Dodson's art, yeah, you're gonna find a little bit different, a little bit different storytelling to it. He's a little more dynamic than the artists on this chapter. Which and I, I don't want to take away from these guys. It's just that Dodson's, uh, he's he's one of the better artists in the industry. I mean, he's always been one of those people that is kind of a go-to for, yeah you know, for visual storytelling. And that's the thing, comics are visual storytelling. And I think it, oh yeah, just glancing at it right now, the characters even look a little bit more like themselves. So that's interesting. He's not being inked by his normal inker, which is his wife that's the thing about comics is that it's so much like film, so collaborative. Whereas, you know, with this, with this, with the novels, you've got Zahn doing his thing and yeah, there's going to be an editor and there's probably going to be a fact checker, uh, uh, somebody from, from Lucasfilm that's going to say, ah, we're going to do that. We can't do that. You know, that kind of thing. But, but by and large, he is free to roam as he pleases. Whereas, you know, Mike Barron and the artists that he's working with here. In the old days, Marvel comics were basically you write a script, a a breakdown of how the comic is going to go. You hand it to the artist. The artist draws it. The inker inks it. The colorist colors it. And it comes back to the writer and he fills in, he or she fills in the dialogue and like the story stuff and gives it to the the letterer, right? Right. Um, Now it's a much more collaborative a much more collaborative effort where, you know, the writer says, okay, well, this is how I need this to look because we're going to be talking about this stuff here and this piece of dialogue is going to have to fit around, you know, all of this, especially with writers right. like Brian Bendis, who were very wordy, Clark yeah, Claremont, yeah. very wordy. But there's so much – it's so much more of a tighter ship than it used to be.
1: I only had one other thing to ask you about. Okay. Or just right. to, to think about is that sure. at, kind of at the beginning when you see – when you see Luke on Coruscant,
0: mm-hmm.
1: he's like there's a dark presence here. I feel the dark side here or something like that. Yeah. It got me thinking. So there's the there's that cave in Dagobah. Mm-hmm. There's Luke sensing the dark side there. There's mm-hmm. all these mentions of these dark side sort of connected places, right? Right. If you accept the dark side is the dark side and the light side is the light side,
0: mm-hmm.
1: where are the light side places?
0: Oh yeah, there's no like uh, there's no like cave where like Everyone's have like, to go extra happy
1: or whatever?" Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Never thought of that. Never thought of that. Fuck, you're right because there's the place on Octo. There's the there's the cave on Dagobah. Now he's talking about this thing on Coruscant. There is if you did I send you the thing where where with uh, with the original version of um of Episode Nine what uh, what Colin Trevorrow had written or did you send that to me? Did
1: you um,
0: gosh I don't know. Fuck! If I haven't, I'll send it. Oh past. no!
1: You did! You did! You did! You did! did yeah. I? Okay.
0: Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Because, okay. So, like in that, there was even a scene where where Kylo has to go in to a dark side cave, very similar to yeah. Dagobah, and it wasn't on Dagobah; it was somewhere else. So you're right. There's this presence, the physical presence of the dark side in multiple places.
1: Why isn't there the same thing for the light side?
0: I mean, could there be a could there be a philosophical reason for it? Or is it just a, is it just story driven? Is it just because there needs to be some sort of conflict and, and, and within well, within the original trilogy of films, there's the you know, there's the whole hero's journey that they're trying to follow or he's trying to follow Joseph Campbell. Campbell. Yeah, Joseph yeah. Campbell's, you know, hero's journey.
1: Hmm. I don't know. I'm just i I'm just asking you if you if you'd encountered that ever.
0: No, I've never in, I've never things. seen anything like that. Uh. Uh-uh. No. Nope. I'm sure
1: I'm them. sure our listener probably knows something.
0: Ah. <laughs> um, we have a listener, right?
1: Yeah, just let's keep it that way too. It. Yeah. <laughs> Forever. Um, Forever. and will send us an an angry screed via Twitter or some shit. But the dark side, the force. It's still kind of a muddle, right? Just right. conceptually between authors, between stories, whatever. The Force, the Dark Side—they're all jumbled. They're all muddled. Hmm. The reason I ask is that maybe you knew something else, but I still think—and I guess it's not even bad that they're muddled necessarily. It's just that they are muddled. The Jedi, the Dark Side, the Light Side, mm-hmm. whatever. Like yeah. there's there's not—they're not like perfectly internally consistent in things. But that—I mean—it's okay. It's a thing that I always note when I consume Star Wars material is that nobody thinks of the Force or the Jedi or the dark side in the same way.
0: Right. Yeah. And
1: that's that's all. That's
0: all. So I wonder, okay, so they call it I just looked it up on Wikipedia, the the dark side cave, they they call it a dark side manifestation of the Force. And if you click on dark side manifestation of the Force, It brings you to dark spirits. So I wonder if the reason that there's not light side stuff, light side manifestations of the force is that these dark side manifestations maybe are hauntings.
1: Mm, Okay. I mean, that's, that's a That's it. Like in universe, that's a pretty good explanation, right? Because there's like, it's it's like every other Thursday, there's some fucking ghost of a Sith Lord from a thousand years ago (laughs) who's, Taking over somebody or like, you know, messing up all the transmissions on some planet or whatever. Right? It's it's right, like right. clearly, at least in in that world or for some people in that world, the dark side users can persist or haunt things well after their death. Mm-hmm. You know, and to, which to me, even even in *Knights of the Old Republic*, right? There's that stuff. You go to the you go to the planet of the Corbin and there's and you go to the valley of the sith or whatever and there's all these like evil sith spirits and shit like that in uh in the second second jedi outcast game mark ragnos is is resurrected and and like trying to take over through somebody's body
0: Oh fuck that's um, right.
1: There's so there's always the, like there's several and I'm sure there are more exa- oh oh uh, uh, exar kun in the jedi academy books exar kun is like exerting influence from the beyond of the dark side or whatever against some of the new Jedi in the, in the new Jedi Academy. Huh. Like So there's definitely like the dark side in many of these adaptations has this hauntings presence or persistent spirit presence where hmm. less less of the Jedi or less of the lightsiders or whatever mm-hmm. go on and do the same thing. Right. And they tend to not be hauntings. They're just, like, a little buddy you can talk to, you
0: know? <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's just the Force itself, right? Like yeah. you were talking about before. Yeah,
1: exactly. Maybe it's just, yeah.
0: I think that one of the most interesting things for me when it comes to the Force in general, the idea that, well, like Luke puts it, you know, the Jedi were, were, were failures. The Sith are kind of similarly failures. Yeah, the idea of a balanced Jedi, a gray Jedi, right? As, per, as was introduced in oh god, what was that? Was that in *Knights of the Old Republic*? What was that in? I don't know. There was a fuck. Yeah, I have to look it up. Oh, look at that, Wikipedia. Look at you, Wikipedia. Look at you. Can, can I just say that if, if you've seen *Solo*, the the *Solo* movie, right?
1: No, not yet.
0: You haven't seen *Solo*. Oh, oh Jesus.
1: I'm, okay. I'm behind on a lot of stuff.
0: That's okay. The The thing that kills me, uh, that wasn't a bad movie. People, a lot of people knocked it. It wasn't horrible. It wasn't great. It was just kind of a middle-of-the-road flick. But there's a character in there who says Wookiee in a completely different way from any other character that has ever said the word Wookiee in Star Wars that I've ever seen. It's kind of like Lando calling Han Han, right? Oh, right. He calls it, instead of Wookiee, he says Wookiee.
1: Oh, <laughs> That sounds funny.
0: (laughs) Right. Uh, So anyway, when I was looking at Wikipedia, I was like, "Oh fuck, Wikipedia!" It's
1: Wikipedia. Yeah.
0: Hello, Uh...
1: welcome to Wikipedia. (laughs) There you go. One of the novels I read at the end had like a guy who thought of the force as like a rainbow, rather than just the dark and light. Interesting. Maybe it was the second Thrawn series. At the end of that series, was there like a force user guy who was like. You guys are so narrow in your conceptions of the force or what? I don't
0: know. Uh, something maybe. like that. Yeah, maybe.
1: Or maybe at the end of Jedi Academy series. I don't know. One of those.
0: There's a uh, there's a character whose name, yeah, Knights of the Old Republic. That's where he came in. His name was uh, Jolie Bindo. Do you remember oh. this dude? He, he is, He's technically a gray Jedi. And I think that's where that kind of like okay. branched out for me. Where he kind of he kind of can draw from both dark and light sides of the force. Okay. To, to create his his relationship with it, but anyway.
1: Yeah. I think you meet him on Kashyyyk. Yes. Yeah. That's because that's where he's In, from. That's yeah. He's... Okay.
0: Yeah. Which is weird to think that like obviously there's other races on the planet besides Wookies, right? Or Wookies. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> get Like a little umlaut. Around the top. <laughs> In fact, I don't know if that's what an umlaut does, but. It does now. It does now. There's so much about like Star Wars planets that are very one note, right? Like yes. Hoth is an ice planet. Tatooine is a desert planet. You know, Camino is a water planet. That's it. That's yeah. all there is to it, right? And there's there's gotta be more to it, right? I mean there's I don't know, planets. I mean
1: it's just a it's a whole it. fucking planet where life evolved, so surely <laughs> there's more.
0: Right. There's right? gotta be an yeah. ecosystem there, right? Where do Wookiees land on the food chain when it comes to like this bindo guy and the wookies right so yeah. like is uh, is he their prey <laughs> like <laughs> that's the kind of shit they should be digging into now that they could just start over right with yeah. this disney
1: stuff they should be digging get into. us the answers on Jolie bindo
0: yeah i want to know if he became wookie poop <laughs> at some point or another uh, anyway
1: so, but yeah. Okay. So, I think it's a good time to discuss our next step here.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about that. So, one of the things that we talked about was Chewbacca and how he was never subtitled. And I found a Chewbacca Limited series from Marvel. And I was kind of browsing through it as we were talking. And he's not subtitled in that either.
1: <laughs> Dude, I think Star Wars is racist against <laughs> Chewbacca.
0: So, yeah, yes, just Chewbacca. Just Chewbacca. Other wookies are fine. So, Chewbacca sort of
1: not Chewbacca. racist but still kind of racist. You know.
0: <laughs> Chewbaccaist. Yeah. Well, we could do we could go there. Other stuff that I noticed that we we kind of like a high note for the conversation this time with prequels yeah. and my conception of what you thought of the prequels and how that is just right out the fucking window um
1: i, I rocked your fucking universe there dude. <laughs> you
0: did yeah you, you <laughs> rocked my fucking galaxy a long time ago <laughs> far fucking away far um, away yeah what do you think about doing the prequels? should we jump to or at least jump to one or let's
1: jump what, to one of the prequels
0: okay all right um so then and i guess question. the question is yeah,
1: I guess here's the thing. I think we I think we would agree that clones is the worst of the prequels and Sith is the best of the prequels.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. I would say that clones is probably the worst of the Star Wars movies it's just in a, general. Just a fucking mess. I mean, even the even the fucking holiday special is better than that. <sighs> have you ever seen the holiday special?
1: I've only seen bits and pieces. I have the
0: oh, whole thing. Oh, fuck, dude. Oh, we we should go to the holiday special at some point. Okay. Oh, Jesus Christ. OK, look. When it comes to Christmas time or the holidays, sorry. Oh
1: yeah, we'll do our. We'll
0: we do gotta do this
1: special about the holiday special. Fucking holiday. Oh
0: man, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Star Wars is the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> Whether you want it to or not. Oh yeah.
1: So let's <laughs> let's at least let's at least jump to let's do clones. Oh, You
0: want to do? Oh boy.
1: Okay. Let's do clones. And okay. then if we and then and then maybe after that we do Sith.
0: Okay, all right. I can. I, you know what? I'm down with it. Let's do that. I stay away from the first one entirely because I think, to me, the only good thing about the first one was the the lightsaber fight at the end.
1: Yes. So I agree. And yet, clones is worse than that one.
0: Yes. So. Right.
1: <laughs> so that's why we're jumping to at Attack of the Clones because fuck you.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, okay. So we'll do that. So we'll start. Yeah, we'll start with Clones and then maybe we'll we'll do Sith. Because Sith is probably one of my, is definitely my favorite of that trilogy. Uh If we're ranking all the Star Wars films, it ends up being like just after like my top five. So it's probably middle of the road for me. Whereas the rest of them are just, you know, varying degrees of disappointment. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, okay. All right. So that's what we'll do. So that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Indeed.
1: Thanks for listening to Great Disturbances. If you enjoyed our show, please leave us a review on iTunes, Podbean, or any of your favorite podcast apps. You can find us on Facebook by searching for at Great Disturbances and on Twitter at Disturbances. See you later.